I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design from the Living Kitchen Studio. If you've been listening to Convo by Design for a while, you've heard some of the amazing stories of the set decorators from your favorite TV shows and movies. I first met the Set Decorator Society of America decorators at the West Edge Design Fair. I think it was uh, 2015, and I've been absolutely enamored with them ever since. And after so many years and so many interviews, I thought there should be a special place just for them. So I've launched a new podcast. It's called The Art Department, and it's also available on iTunes. You're still going to hear from them here on Convo by Design, but in addition to the set decorators, the art department is also going to introduce you to production designers, fabricators, wardrobe, makeup, and all of the other amazing creatives that you simply would never hear about here on Convo by Design. This is an episode of the art department, dedicated to the art behind movie and TV magic. It's an exploration and a showcase of the creatives that never write a line, say a single word, nor appear on screen, yet their work creates the scene, the feel, and the backstory for the characters you love and love to hate. So enjoy this episode of The Art Department on Convo by Design. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond, and you've heard me talk about why. If you haven't experienced their amazing service, you really need to. If you're a homeowner or in the trade, they're going to recommend the right products for the right projects because they carry quality products from incredible incredible brands like those from Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. When your clients have that party to show off the work of their amazing designer, namely you, you want that toast to be special. That starts with properly preserved wine, because when the bottle is properly preserved, it means more enjoyment in the glass. And that's what you want, and that's what you get with Sub-Zero. Their wine storage system addresses temperature, humidity, light, and vibration. And with so many configurations and options, you can design seamlessly for almost any design idea you can create. As with everything Sub-Zero, Wolf and Cove, you can match that with your Wolf cooktops. And you can turn the cooktop into a cooking area with Wolf's module system. Burgers on the grill, veggies in the steamer, and that special thing you make hot and delicious right out of the fryer. Custom and spectacular. That's what they'll be saying about you and your remarkable kitchen design. And right now, Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove are offering $500 rebates on select models. These offers are only for a limited time, and conditions apply, so take control and get all the details. To see the full line of Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove products, go to any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond showrooms. You can also see the Living Kitchen in the Pasadena and Santa Monica Snyder Diamond showrooms. All right, guys, we're going to try a picture on this. Let's get rid of one, please. Picture's up. That's roll sound. Roll, 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 roll sound. And action. This is The Art Department, a podcast dedicated to the art behind movie and TV magic. This is an exploration and a showcase of the creatives that never write a line, say a single word, nor appear on screen, yet their work creates the scene, the feel, and the backstory for the characters you love and love to hate. I'm Josh Cooperman, and this episode of the podcast features an interview with set decorator Beth Woke. 
Beth's body of work is vast with some amazing shows, not the least of which is the TV smash hit, This Is Us. Beth defined the characters for us, showed us how they live, where and how they spend their time. We learn about these characters. We learn to love them. We learn how they're like us and not like us at all. And these are people we have grown to care for deeply. Beth defined these characters in the first season, and that really seems to be Beth's superpower. I wanted to know more about how Beth does this, where she gets her inspiration from, and the answer may or may not surprise you. What you'll hear is how this creative uses her personal experiences to shape the environment of the characters and makes them come to life in between the lines. Before we get to Beth, I want you to hear from another set decorator, Don Deers. Don has a truly diverse body of work. He has decorated sets for The Muppets, Jane the Virgin, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer. Don is also a crossover in the art department with work as a production designer, art director, set dresser, and prop master. So this is Don Deers. So I'm sitting here with uh, Don Deers. Uh, could you tell me, uh, how long have you been a set decorator? I've been a set decorator for 20 years. Uh, started out uh, in the art department um, a long time ago, 30 years ago, um, and ventured at first into the art department, sort of as a PA, and then uh, in the set decoration department as an onset dresser, um, <clears throat> and then graduated into doing some art direction, assistant art director, and, uh, and was an art director within those 10 years, you know. And on one show, I kind of like, uh, the light bulb went off, and I was like, that's what I like doing. <laughs> I want to do that, what she's doing. I was on a show called Red Rock West with Kate Sullivan, and she's the set decorator. And I'm like, I want to do what you do, Kate, and, um, and started getting work. So on, on what shows have we seen your work? Um, as a decorator, you've seen my work in... Uh, Feature films at first, because I've been doing features for most of my career. Um, so uh, I did this feature film for Jerry Bruckheimer called Gone in 60 Seconds, this kind of car heist uh, show with Nick Cage. Um, I've also, I kind of have jumped around in genres. I try not to get pigeonholed, so I've done a good amount of horror films as well, um, both uh, uh, as a decorator like Drag Me to Hell, but also have done a good amount of children's films, which are really pretty fun. Um, I did... Uh, Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer. I did Hop. I did the Santa Claus Three. Um, I did uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua Three or Beverly Hills Chihuahua Two. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, there's probably some other ones in there, but um, you know, uh, Along Came Polly, which was a, a popular Ben Stiller film. So you know, sort of romantic comedy. So I've tried to not end up with just one kind of film that I do, but I do enjoy. I do enjoy kids' films because, uh, you know, the imagination, you're kind of allowed to go wild as opposed to being literal in some sort of, you know, serious drama where it has to be absolutely accurate. So what would you say is the best part of your job? Um, I think the best part of our job is, uh, is visually articulating what the character is or what the mood is or representing the genre in the perfect way and and how you do that and when you actually do that it's very rewarding um, and uh, so to me that's the best part of what we do is is cracking that how, figuring that out like okay what am I going to do that either hasn't been done before or is the best way to sort of distill this idea 
and uh, and have the audience understand it. So to me, that's the best part of it. And what would you say is the most difficult part of your job? Managing time, scheduling. Uh, it is great job, but it is always uh, with the, a time restraint. Uh, I'm doing TV now, and um, TV is even more, so you, uh, you have even less time, you get less information, you kind of have to hit the ground running and kind of be very confidently run out and find things and shop and uh, figure it out because um, you have less time and, and you don't have as much time to like walk into a store or a prop house and not find it. Um, so I think it's the t it, that's the hardest thing. And so if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? Yeah, I like that question. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's in a fantasy world or I'm still making money. I mean, I assume you're still making money. Um, I've always thought I'd like to, like to own a, a shop and open an antique shop. Uh, that was one idea. And uh, I love gardening, so I also... Uh, thought of you know some like opening a you know a nursery of some sort and you know having strange things that I can't find in other nurseries as my product uh, and I collect art so I also thought oh maybe I would turn that into a gallery um, so you know I have other ideas but you know this I'm a high strung person and this keeps me interested all day long being a set decorator it's uh, it's fast-paced, it's creative, uh, it's collaborative, which is kind of the best part of it, is that you really are working with a team of people, and, and as much as you have a vision of what you think it's going to be, and the designer might have a position or a, a vision of what it wants to be, when you put everybody together who's putting this thing together, we come up with something that's very uniquely of that moment in this time, what we could find, what we can do, what we can afford, and it's fantastic. It's, you know, it is kind of a certain kind of alchemy uh, that doesn't happen a second time. What is one product that you cannot live without? Uh, now, is that a product for set dressing? Is that a product? Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, I saw that on your paper, and I didn't really give it a chance to think about that. I mean, one product, one, one, one piece of technology I couldn't live without is my camera. Uh, I depend on my camera uh, a lot, and partly because I was a photographer for years, uh, and um, I'm used to it, and it is a tool that I use every day. Uh, so I would say, I guess, my camera, because that is how I sort of catalog everything. And what is the strangest set you've ever uh, decorated? Um, I've decorated a lot of strange sets. Um, I have, uh, and probably... One that I would say maybe I'm more known for is the uh, uh, pillow and blanket forts from Community, which was entirely done out of thousands of pillows I had to have made to look like they came off of ugly 70s couches that might have been all around the campus. And then the second half of that was that wasn't enough of these corridors upon corridors of cushions that I made. And, of course, of course we had to light those sets. Uh, and I lit them with, like, you know, uh, inflatable ottomans that you might use for, you know, or, or pool toys that let light through. Uh, and then we did a uh, geodesic dome, which we called Pillow Dome. And it was uh, a children's jungle gym that was uh, all made out of triangles. So it was a geodesic dome. And, um, and then I upholstered uh, triangle fabric to look like these were couches sewn together. 
and then I even would bisect the triangles into thir several other triangles because it was op-ed. So I was I was playing off the character on Community of this sort of math nerd and um, and how he would figure it out. So to me, that was a very strange set to realize and and a little bit heady too. I mean, I don't know if the audience knew all the backstory, but for me, it was it was strange and wonderful, and it was all fabric, you know, except for carpet and a little bit of string lights. That was Don Deers, and this is set decorator Beth Woke. Beth is a set decorator, and in the Green Room Project this year, the concept was working with creatives to come up with the one thing that inspires them, motivates them, and drives them to do their best work. And for Beth, it was travel. And it's really interesting to me because in your work as a set decorator, you're not designing for a client you're designing for a script. You're telling a story. This is this is who you get, who you envision this family to be. And I imagine that travel is really important when it comes to frame of reference and experience. It's true. Um, I didn't even discover the career of set decoration until I was already in my early 30s. So when I discovered it by accident, uh, working in Tucson, Arizona, they were filming a movie called Tin Cup. I discovered. Uh, that instead of just interior design and decorating for a client, a real person, there was this opportunity to take the this character to another level, like create a character, a background. Um, <laughs> cut. Tin, <laughs> Sorry. Tin Cup. So you worked on Tin Cup with Kevin Costner. And well, I didn't work on. I did not work on that movie. You did not. Oh, no, you saw. You no. saw that movie. Okay. No, no, no. It was, oh, no, it, no, was it was filmed even, there. No, no, no. Yeah, I was working for a magazine. I was selling advertising. I was going back to school for interior design. I really was at that crossroads in your life where you're like, what do I want to do when I grow up? And like many set decorators, there's no such thing as a school for set decoration. It's more like the school of hard knocks. This is like how we get into the field of set decoration is always typically, I remember listening yesterday to the panel with Jason Howard, who is a set decorator and a friend of mine, and he said it was a complete accident. And that's kind of how I feel like in my case. So here I was working in Tucson, selling advertising, and the movie Tin Cup was being filmed in Tucson. And so I got an opportunity to be an extra on there, and we met with the director, Ron Shelton. And so he took us to um, he gave us a tour because I was working for a magazine that was doing an article about Ron Shelton and the movie he gave us a tour of the actual um, sets and so that was the first time where all those light bulbs go off in your head and you think wow someone actually decorated this caddyshack with all these old golf clubs and these peeling paint and this this uh, and there was it was just a moment where you go aha I this is way more interesting is to be a set decorator than an interior designer for a, a real person it's more like I get to decorate for a character and that character might be a hoarder that character might be a billionaire that character might be from the 1920s that per person so you're always traveling and going to these places with these characters and you feel like they become a part of you so when you're traveling mm -hmm. how some people would go and study architecture and locations and beaches are you studying people yes I'm a total people watcher I that started when my mom dragged me all over Europe as a little girl I was 
it was I didn't even realize that being in Europe would be such a big deal because when you're four and five and six years old you have no clue you're just like okay mom where are we now well, we're in Italy and we're looking at this 500 year old castle and so or you know uh, amazing church or something like that and so so I was always kind of like surrounded by uh, the lifestyle of all over the world. So when you're reading a script, whether it be in Pittsburgh or whether, it, like for This Is Us, we were in Pittsburgh, and I, I had actually lived in Pittsburgh for a few years, so I was able to contact like family members and look at their 1980s photographs and uh, really kind of travel back in time to with my family, and, and it all came back to me full force. So when you're decorating, you actually feel like it's real. and. Most of the sets, as a set decorator, are not at the actual location. You can't go back in time and actually film in the actual period, so you're building them on a stage. And so for me, I, I always feel like travel and people watching and the experiences that I've had all come full forward because I'm able to regroup, I'm able to reboot, so to speak. Uh, like I'm able to think about like what would this person have in their life, what would they be what would they use in the kitchen? For example, maybe they uh, they have their salt and pepper shaker, maybe they have a stack of napkins, but what would be the real layer that helps it not feel like a stage set, but to actually feel like you're in their home, and in their home in the 1980s, or you're in their home. I'm currently working on a show right now um, for Warner Brothers, and and it's set in Pasadena. How easy is that? I work in Los Angeles. I'm able to research it right there. I can drive to Pasadena and look at it in present day. But 99.9% .9 of the time, you never get to decorate where you actually live. So I feel that like my whole life experiences, I mean, I take crazy trips. I went to Africa last year. I went to, I've been to Thailand. I went to Japan. I've been to Greece. And I feel like when I go to, on those exotic trips, you come back and you go, you're able to look at things, it takes you out of your bubble, it takes you out of that comfort zone. You see people living their lives on the Serengeti and so then when you come back you can really pay attention to the details and even though my show currently is in Pasadena, I can see it from, a, from the viewpoint of like if I were in Africa and I'm watching the show, how would they, they would be looking at us and this is how their lives are. So it's really about the layering and getting it real and and I feel like I'm just sort of lucky and grateful that my life experiences with my dad being in the Air Force and I feel like the travel has always been kind of a part of helping me be the best set decorator I can be because you really have to make it real, you have to make it layered and 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 genuinely like feel like you're actually there. But you're filming on a stage a lot of times, so how do you make it real? Well, it's those little details that you see when you're at a restaurant or you're at a cafe in Italy or you're, or you're just, sometimes you just notice those little things and that's the touch that helps make it look super real. And that's what I love about set decoration versus like interior design because you're really living it. You're feeling like you're gonna travel with these people when you're watching that one hour show or a half hour show. When, when you're decorating a set, you've read the script. Mm -hmm. So you have an idea who the families are, who the characters are, are you, are you adding elements to their personality? Are you adding historical reference? Are you are, are you are you adding are you putting in color to their character? Now this may be something that nobody will ever detect. Right. But through your travels, are you are you adding that to their personality? 
I do, absolutely. I mean, you definitely have conversations. It's a very collaborative business. It's not just one client and you sit there and talk about what they want in their living room. You really are talking to the directors, the writers, the executive producers. There's a definitely a vision and a and a sort of an end game for them when you're decorating a set. But certainly they look to the set decorator to bring an element of background. You know a little bit about your characters, but there's only so much they can write on the page. And then you kind of bring some ideas to them and you bring a layer. But a lot of times it is not seen. It's really more for the actors to really get into gear for them. Sometimes it could be, I remember I was working on a show called Murder in the First, and I remember the prop master told, telling me that one of the actors always had to have a cup of tea, uh, something in his hands. And I thought that was an interesting, that has nothing to do with set decoration, but I thought that was an interesting thing. So when I was decorating his office set, I made sure to have, instead of a coffee mug, I had like a teacup just conveniently nearby. Maybe you never saw it, but I knew that that actor would be asking the prop master for, I need to have something in my hands, I need to have that cup of tea. So I, that was a layer that I put into that set knowing full well that it was probably never in the shot, but the actor would step on that set and feel like he's in character. He's now getting it. He's going to want to look around that room and feel like he's a part of this, you know, this is a real person, even though it's, he's acting as a character. So that's a little detail that you try to bring to that level of, you know, set decoration. So in looking at some of the images, we, we've seen This Is Us, mm -hmm. um, Love Season. Is that the new show? Love season three. Love season. season sorry. Oh, sorry. Love, Love season three. Is that the new show? It's. Uh, or I'm is, currently or on splitting up together, splitting up which together, is a that's mid season replacement that will be out on ABC this spring, uh, spring 2018. Okay. Hopefully, we don't know exactly when, but. So splitting up together. Mm -hmm. When you get the script first, mm -hmm. and then do you describe who the the the, the text is there? The lines are there. Stage direction. Do you then sort of look at it and go, okay, here are my characters. Here's what they're into. Do you actually write out a description? And then, and then, how do you reference travel? How do you study? How do you reference it? How do you, historically, do you sort of look at what you've done or do you just sort of try to riff it? Yeah, I. that's a tough... I mean, it's a good question, definitely. It's a tough question to answer because it's really part of my DNA. There's not a specific thing like, oh, I remember when I was in Thailand and you put a specific Thai thing. No, that's not going to be like that. It's more about just those enriching experiences that I've had that play into it. An interesting thing about the show is I did not do the pilot for Splitting Up Together. So they had already worked through the, the original set decorator, Kelly Joe. She really did a fantastic job of storyboarding and really creating and these characters. And the, and the showrunner, Emily, was very clear on, on the style that their house is. But av after watching the pilot, you get this sense that Lena, the mother, it's about a, a, a married couple going through a divorce with three kids. So the mother is very like kind of the, not micromanaging, but she's very much like in control. She's the typical mom that can multitask super well. And the dad is unclear on, you know, he's like the cool dad that doesn't let, you know, doesn't have like a lot of rules. So knowing that moving forward, when we built the 
how it was all shot on locations in Pasadena. Now we build it all in War on the Warner Brothers stages. So now I have to recreate this exact pilot house, but add those layers. We never saw their bedroom before. So when we're doing the bedroom, we think about those details. Emily, this is another interesting thing about that show is sh the, the, the show is based on a show from Denmark. So they really wanted me to uh, instill some of the Danish furniture aesthetic mid-century Danish. So knowing that they're in Pasadena and knowing that mid-century is so super popular, it was very easy to find like some great elements and mix it in. So the, the chairs are brand new from from HD Buttercup. I went to a furniture store and bought brand new dining table and chairs and she, but they had covered the fabric. They had holstered the fabric in a very, um, I want to say, well, you'll have to see the show, but the fabric is, um, I should say, I feel like it was almost an African fabric, and she loved it. She was like, her, her, the dining room, Emily, the showrunner and the creator of the show, I had that little touch of Danish with the lines and the look of Danish furniture, but then I had a little bit of my Africa experience in there, and I felt like it was real. This is something that Lena went out and bought, and she put this house together and made it look really you know, put together. But there is those, so does travel, is it specific? Did I kind of slip in my travel experiences? Absolutely, but all with the blessing of the showrunner and the creator. So you ultimately, your boss is always the writer and the creator of the show. You know, you can't just make up a character, but they do look to you for sort of guidance and steering how that character is going to develop over the season of the show. So a lot of the stuff that the pilot did was great, and we just ran with it. And then you get to work on kids' shows, too. We were talking about the Thundermans. Yeah. Was that fun? <laughs> it was fun. I got to do the pilot in the first uh, couple of episodes in, but um, I got to create the look, and that was the fun part. I, I, um, that, what's interesting about the Thundermans and is it's a multi-camera show with an audience. So, uh, and I don't have children, but th my friends with children say that that's like the best show. On so I feel like when I watch this, when I catch a glimpse of that show now. That show went into five seasons. Um, I feel like I established the look. The production designer is still the same, and she's a really good friend of mine, Josie Lemonier. And she, um, she and I came up with this whole concept of it kind of feeling like the Jetsons, the cartoon, the Jetsons. And it was very mid-century and modern and angular and had a lot of those elements, So, but with bright colors because kids' shows like to lots of colors so again it was very collaborative we created this environment and it's almost like that movie the incredibles they felt like these characters are superheroes so they would have like these sort of a superhero type house and like this comic book flair to it so yeah it was great and that was multi-camera and that's a whole different animal because you've got literally three four five cameras all shooting at the same time so every angle of that stage set it's like a mini play Every angle is going to be on camera. You can't like go in and tweak it when the camera moves like you can on a single camera show like what I'm working on on television with Warner Brothers. Those shows are like you can set up the stage and you have to step back and you can't run in there and change it because the, the cameras are all getting it all at the same time. So they like shoot it out. It's kind of an interesting part of our jobs as a set decorator is making sure all the angles are done. Yeah, and I would imagine, too, that you have to look at the props that you're using, the furniture that you're using, everything. Now you're looking at it not just from one angle, but from multiple angles. Absolutely. Like, every angle, you don't... Sometimes uh, 
yeah, you don't, sometimes you catch things, you're like, I didn't even know that was going to be on uh, camera. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I always think in 360, even though the camera's only facing the actor at one time, you're always thinking about the 360. If someone's going to turn around, what's on the other side? You try to you try to dress everything, whether it ever makes it to the final cut. You dress every square inch. But again, like on the Thundermans, when you... When you know the photographs that I gave you to show are not like these wide shots. It's more about the detail. It's all about that layer that makes it feel real. Like this is a kitchen that these the Thundermans, the family is called the Thundermans. Their last names are Thunderman, and so they are going to be in the kitchen and they're going to be cooking and they're going to be acting in front of an audience. But they're so everything in there. I had like fun with like oh what would what would this mom have in her kitchen? And so we got bright colors and we really like had fun with it. So again. It was really more about thinking about what would these people have. These people are superheroes, so they go all over. They can go anywhere, all over the world. They can fly. They can, you know. So we we could. The, the sky was the limit on that show. You could really have fun with it. Literally, that was set decorator Beth Woke with a unique take on travel. You can see how the art department shapes the characters through personal experience. These are great stories. Before we wrap, I wanted to share a flashback of brilliance from the one and only Quentin Tarantino. I can listen to Tarantino talk all day. He is explaining the ideas behind how he shapes his stories. His ideas come from between the lines. She's reviewing Godard's movie, and she says, it's as if a couple of movie crazy young French, young Frenchmen were in a coffee, coffee house, and they've taken a banal American crime novel. And they're making a movie out of it based not on the novel, but on the poetry that they read between the lines. And when I read that, I was like, that's my aesthetic. That's what I want to do. That is what I want to achieve. Of course. That is why Quentin Tarantino's films are epic with deep, rich characters. I would imagine it's an amazing experience for the art department and set decorators in particular on his films because they have an opportunity to craft and draw deep to allow them to be rich, complex characters before a single word is ever spoken. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art Department. Every episode will feature the Hollywood elite, the A-listers who make TV and movie magic every day. Please follow us at Convo by Design on Twitter and Convo by Design on Instagram, this time with an X. You can also track the show using the hashtag The Art Department Podcast, all spelled out. The show is available everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. I'm Josh Cooperman. Thanks for listening. And cut. Print. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendome Furniture. Design culture. It's the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendome pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Vendome products are simple and elegant contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted, modern, durable, molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique and they beg to be enjoyed. They search the planet for the right designers that embody the Vendome spirit 
and work together to create remarkable pieces into an exclusively Van Damme mode of expression. And if you haven't seen Van Damme before, you can check them out in uh, some of the Convo by Design videos you'll find on our YouTube channel. But you can find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in L.A. or online at vondom.com.